Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. We want to get right into the Word this evening, and uh, we're going to continue with this that we've been looking at, the power in the Word the power in the word, and we dealt at some length this morning on the power of the word to renew our mind, the power of the word uh, to renew our thinking, to renew the way that we see things, and uh, we want to look some more at this tonight, but I want to center up on tonight, if we can, on this understanding that the the word is so powerful that it has the ability to cause itself to come to pass. All right, the, the power is in the word, All right? The power is in the word. Uh, over and over again, we see verses in the Bible. He sent his word and he healed them. Uh, isn't my word like a fire and like a hammer? It breaks into pieces, even the rock of the most stubborn resistance. All through the word, through you read the book of Psalm chapter 119, and it talks about all the things that the word is, and it's contained in the word. All right, your part is to bring faith to the Word, all right, because the the Word is self-contained, all right? It contains the power within itself, all right? Faith releases the power that's in the Word. When, When you bring your faith to the Word, what's in the Word gets into your circumstance, all right, because because faith is the avenue by which the power of the Word gets into your life. All right, that that's why every word of God has to be believed. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? I believe that. And we're going to look at some things and I say it out loud with me before you we go to our scripture say this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. It is the indestructible, incorruptible ever-living seed of God himself. And tonight I'll hear the word. I will apply it to my life and it will change my life. And I will never, 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 never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. So the power is in the word. Hallelujah. The power is in the word. And uh, in Hebrews chapter 3, oh, glory to God. The, uh, we see something here concerning this. And beginning in verse 7, it says, uh, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice, his voice is his word. And then he says, Don't harden your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, saw my works 40 years. 
I was grieved with that generation and said they have they always err in their heart and they've not known my ways so I swear in my wrath they will not enter into my rest. Now if you go down it says notice verse 14 we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end while it is said today if you will hear his voice harden not your hearts don't harden your heart against the word amen as in the provocation for some when they had heard did provoke howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses verse 19 so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Unbelief of what? What the Word said. All right? Because the power to bring them in was in the Word. They had to believe it. All right? God had made a promise. All right? You, God made that promise to Abraham back in Genesis 15, 16, 17, he said, here's what's going to happen. He said, your people are going to, your, your descendants are going to come into bondage, and they're going to be in bondage 400 years, and they're going to be evil and treated. He said, but I'm going to visit them, and I'm going to bring them out. Well, we know that he did that. And then he said, and I'm going to take them into the land of Canaan, and I'm going to give them that land, and it's going to be a good land, Right? And so God delivered them, and immediately after God delivered them, they questioned everything God said. Right? You can read Psalm 78. We're not going to take the time to go there tonight. They kept asking questions. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Amen. And the Bible says they forsook God, and they broke the covenant, and they, right, what God had said had the power to bring them into the land. All they had to do was believe what God had said. All right, now that, that can sound very elementary, but I keep running into charismatic people. They're trying to work their faith without understanding that working your faith is simply bringing it to the Word of God because the power's in the Word. Brother Hagin used to say this. He would say, there's enough healing power in 1 Peter 2.24 to clear out every sick room, every hospital, every invalid room in the entire world if people would just believe it. See, my part is to believe what God said. Amen. Let, let, let's look at some things. Let's, let's go to James chapter 4. I have a specific road of revelation to go down tonight. And some of these verses, probably all of them are very familiar. But I will say on. In verse 6, it says, But he gives more grace. Therefore, wherefore he saith, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. All right, now, now notice what it says. It says, submit to God. To submit to God is to submit to his word. Because when you're in the presence of the word, you're in the presence of God. When you read the word, you're, you're hearing God. I can say it this way, if you read the word out loud to yourself, you're hearing what God said, and you're hearing God speak to you. Yeah. 
All right? And so he says, God, to submit yourself to God, to the word, and then resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Amen. He didn't, notice he didn't say fight the devil. He said resist the devil. Not fight him, resist him. Resist him. All the way through the scripture. When you read in Ephesians chapter 6, and it talks about uh, defeated principalities, defeated powers, defeated uh, wickedness in high places, and all of these defeated principalities. And then it tells us the armor that we have. And the understanding and the idea that we get from those verses is that the enemy's trying to take something from us, and we're resisting him. Yet the church keeps writing songs about how we're going to go take something from the enemy. I, I said it this morning. If you could imagine this, this platform as being everything that Jesus gave us. And he came and he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And now I'm giving it to you. And the Bible says we've been redeemed from the totality of the curse. Jesus gave us back everything that Adam lost by transgression. Amen. There are things that we can obtain that are ours by right of inheritance and right of covenant. Amen. But we're resisting the devil, not trying to take everything back from him. Right? Pastor Caldwell taught last Sunday. I mentioned it this morning. Amen. He, he said, God is the one that restores. If you catch the thief, you call him for what he is. He's a thief, but God restores. God restores. Notice what it says. It says, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Is that what it says? You resist the devil, and what does he do? He flees. You resist the devil, and what does he do? He flees. That word means to flee in terror. To flee in stark terror. Now here's the thing. Where is the power to resist the devil and see him flee found? In the verse. You got to bring your faith to that. Amen. If I resist the devil, he flees from me. On Based on what? Based on the word. So that means that you don't base your belief on whether you, whether you believe he left or not. You base your belief on what the Word said and how you acted on it. If you acted on the Word, what did he do? He left. Amen. Remember I told you the story? A lady came to me and she said, do you, do you all believe in casting out devils? I said, of course we believe in casting out devils. Jesus told us to. Amen. And she said, well, I'm a believer now. I said, okay. And she said, and I, I believe I'm, I'm dealing with this demonic spirit. And I said, okay, that's fine. I said, they, they can try to oppress you. Amen. I'm going to lay hands on you. Are you ready? She said, I'm ready. I laid hands on her. I rebuked that spirit. I felt the power of God flow. Felt it go into her. I took my hands off of her. I said, praise God, you're free. Amen. And she looked at me and said, yeah, but I still feel it. I said, that's irrelevant. We told the devil to go. He had to go. And I asked her, do you want him? Do you want that oppression? No. Then he went. He went. Amen. And she looked at me and said, you're not going to pray again? I said, no, I'm not. I'm not going to pray again. Because he went. We resisted the devil and he fleed. Is, is that right? See, you bring your faith to the word and in the word is the power. 
Oh, hallelujah. Because the word is self-contained. The word is self-contained. The only thing the word needs is your faith. And when you hook up to your, with your faith to the word, the power in the word automatically flows. It automatically flows. The power was in Jesus. And the Bible calls Jesus the word. The power was in Jesus. And when the woman with the, that had the issue of blood, that was healed of the issue of blood, when she touched him with the touch of faith, what did it do? It released the power in the word. And what happened? She was healed. When you, when you release the power in the word, what the word says begins to go to work in your life. Oh, glory to God. So if you resisted the devil, he fleed. He fled. Amen. Amen. Say it out loud. I resisted the devil. And he left. Amen. See, the power's in that word. And, so, and sometimes you got to read it to him. Because he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Amen. Hallelujah. Look, I resisted you. You left. Because that's where the power's at. Amen. But here's what happens very often. Is people empower a defeated foe by talking about how much he's fighting. How much of a resistance he's putting up. How much of a struggle he's making for them. You know, Pastor, I'm trying to get over this, but the devil, why you got got to bring him up? I thought he was defeated. Amen. Remember when you sing that song, he's under my feet, he's under my feet. Satan is under my feet. Amen. Well, he is. Don't act like he's not. How can somebody under your feet be causing you such a problem? See, the power is in the verse. I'm going to show you some more. The power is in the verse. Yeah, but he's our adversary. The Bible just tells you he's your adversary. It does not say he has the ability to do anything to you. He just tells you what he is. Look, look, look at John chapter 8. We're going to look at some more things. John chapter 8. I think, I think a lot of believers need to get back to the point that they just take the word at face value and just believe what's written. Just believe what's written. One of the first laws of biblical interpretation is that you take the word of God literally wherever possible. Amen. Well, I can take these verses literally. Notice what Jesus says now. Now, let's look at what Jesus said. Verse 44, you're of your father the devil. The lust of your father you will do. Notice he, he says something. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. Hmm. There's no truth in him. Does it say a little bit? Or none. Right? So how do you know the devil's lying? His lips are moving. There's no truth in him. Amen. Now that's important to understand. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own. One translation says he makes it up out of his own lying nature. Another says he speaks what's natural to him. So notice... It says, Jesus says he's a murderer and a liar. A murderer and a liar. 
That's detailing the aspects of his character. That's not saying he has the power to do that to you. That's what he is. He's a murderer and a liar. So he's saying, understand something. If he has a chance, he'll, he'll murder and he'll lie. Is that right? Amen. Look at John chapter 10. I'm, I'm building a case, setting a stage. Is that all right? Notice, he says, verse 10, the thief does not come before to steal, kill, and to destroy. The thief, the devil, the enemy, he only comes for one reason, steal, kill, and destroy. Again, that doesn't mean that's what he can do to me. That means that's his intention, right? Even if that's his intention, steal, kill, and destroy, murder and lie, what happens if I resist him? Even though he's a murderer, even though he's a liar, even though he wants to steal, kill, and destroy in my life, if I resist him, what's he got to do? Got to flee. Why? Because I use the word of God on him, and the power in the word is what makes the difference. Oh, glory be to God. Amen. That's why you don't check your body to see if you're healed. You don't, you don't check your feelings to see if you're better. Amen. Hallelujah. You don't let the devil enforce his will on you in any circumstance. You are defiant in the name of Jesus. Amen. Say it out loud. I don't allow the devil to impose his will on me. You don't let the devil dictate to you what you're going to do. Whether you're going to be healthy or sick, whether you go to work or don't, whether you go to church or don't, whether you feel good or don't feel good, you don't let the devil tell you and dictate to you. You don't let him impose his will on you. You rise up and you say, no, I resist that in the name of Jesus. And what happens? The power of God begins to flow out of the word of God and make the difference. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because he wants to impose his will, I'm not going to allow it. I'm going to impose my will. You, through the power of the word in the name of Jesus, are more than a match for the devil. Amen. I, I was listening to, a, 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 well, I, I read something the other day that a, that a brother wrote, and he made the statement. He said, you know, when the devil knocks on your door, let Jesus answer. And, you know, a lot of Christians will just amen that. Hey, it's not Jesus' house. It's your house. You answer the door and put the devil on the run. Amen. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I know that sounds simplistic, but listen, I hear so much about what the devil's doing and the devil's messing with our nation and the devil's messing with this. And you mean the church of the living God is alive and well in America, an entity that the Bible says the gates of hell cannot prevail against. And we got people standing in the pulpit talking about how the devil's doing this and the devil's doing that. At what point do we rise up and say, I'm enforcing my will in this nation glory be to God because I resist him and he flees ever what he may be amen 
Yeah, but you know, the devil's shrewd. He is shrewd, but he doesn't have the wisdom of God. But I do. You do. He has a satanic cunning, but he does not have the Holy Spirit. I do. Amen. Amen. And, and what's the Bible say? It says the Holy Spirit will guide me into all truth. Amen. It says the Holy Spirit will tell me things to come. It says the Holy Spirit will teach me all things. Isn't that right? It says when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he'll teach you all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Everything. So that means that the Holy Spirit who wrote the word of God, that inspired the word of God, that caused the word of God to be a living thing, the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance or bring into your spirit scriptures that you may not even know because you'll know, Jesus said, you'll know what to say in the day that you don't even know what to say. If the enemy tries to blindside you, the Holy Ghost, the great mighty Holy Ghost will bring something to your remembrance to cause you to be able to put the devil to flight. Glory to God. Amen. Because the power is in the Word. The power is in the Word. Look at uh, 1 Peter 5. Oh, glory. Amen. That, that's, that's why Matthew 18, 19 says, If any two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it will be done for them, my Father which is in heaven. Don't question that. Don't question that. The, the power of that agreement is in the Word, is in that verse. Amen. When, when, when somebody asks me to agree with them, usually my comment is if, if I agree with what they're saying and, and I can get in agreement with what, what we're asking, I'll just say, agreed in Jesus' name. That's it. That settles, the, that settles the issue. I agree with you. So that settles the issue. Now what do we do? Expect the results. Expect the results of what we agreed about. But you'll hear people, they'll come and they'll say, well, I know we agreed about that, but nothing changed. Why did nothing change? No, nothing changed because there was no faith Brought to the Word. I got to bring my faith to the Word. Amen. First Peter 5 and 9. Well, let's, let's start in verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Notice, it says, be sober, be sober-minded, be vigilant, be on guard, because you have an adversary. You have an adversary. And, and notice what he's doing. He's roaming about, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. Whom he may devour. Now, now I've used this illustration before, but it bears repeating. So when I was growing up, I was a boy growing up in school, and uh, I had a, a, a teacher. He was primarily my English teacher. And uh, I, I, the school that I went to, uh, uh, when, when you needed uh, uh, help with a question or something, you raise your hand, and, and they came to your desk, and he came, and you know somebody would ask him, they would say, uh, can I go to the restroom? And he would look at them very blandly and say, you can. Well, what does that mean? Do I have the ability, do I have the strength, the power to go to the restroom? And his response was, evidently, you can. What was he looking for? May I? That's a question. May I? He's seeking whom he may devour. Amen. 
When you talk all the time about how the devil's fighting and the devil's doing this and the devil's making it rough, you have given him permission. I said, you've given him permission. I was working on a roof with a guy one time back years ago, and, uh, and we were working on a two-level house. Well, I say a two-level house. Had a big covered porch, had a big roof over the porch, and so we had to, 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 to re-roof the, the porch and the top of the house, and so we had a ladder set up, and it was all tied up and, and had, you know, uh, 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 pallets of shingles around it so it wouldn't move. We were up and down that ladder all day. Well, we got done with the top of, of the house, and now we're coming down here. Now we got to move all this. And so we, we unhooked the ladder from the gutter and, and moved the pallets of shingles. And he forgot something up there. He slapped that ladder back up there, ran up, grabbed what he needed to grab, came down, swung his leg over that ladder, and the bottom of that ladder flew out from under him. He landed on that roof with a thud. Pop! Broke two ribs. You know what he got up saying? Lion devil. Wasn't the devil. The devil did not unhook that ladder. The devil did not move the, shingle, the pallets of shingles. Amen. It was your carelessness that broke your ribs, not the devil. Amen. You understand? The devil is limited in his ability to operate in the life of a believer. And he's limited to the door that the in that the believer leaves open. He's limited to the door that the in, that the believer allows him to get through. Amen. How do, how do I know that? Because watch, whom resists steadfast in the faith? So again, we have a resistance that has to be put up. And he says, notice he says the the same afflictions, the pressure is being accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. In other words, every believer in the world has to learn to resist the devil. Everybody. Amen. How do I do it? Through the Word. 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 Amen. Because the Word is changing you into its image. And it's the power of the Word that's changing the circumstance. Oh, hallelujah. Look, look at Ephesians 4. Well, you know, Reverend, I just believe it this way. I don't care. Because what does the Word say? See, that's what does the Word say? Amen. You know, I said this in, during six days of faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 describes faith and what faith is. And I will have, I've had people come to me time and time again over the years. Well, you know, this is what faith is to me. Oh, but, but, but wait a minute. That don't count. What does the word say faith is? Because that's where the power of faith comes from. I've had people kind of, well, you know, uh, faith is just trust. Well, it involves trust, but it's not just trust. Faith is a creative force. Faith is, faith is reality. Faith is conviction. Faith is assurity. Faith is, the Bible says, the title deed. Faith is being convinced that something's true. I can have trust and yet not believe that something's true. 
Hallelujah. There are people that don't believe God's word, but yet they say they're trusting God. If you don't believe God's word, you don't believe God. If you don't trust God's word, you don't trust God. This has to be as real. Peter said that this was more real than the audible voice of God that he heard on the Mount of Transfiguration. He said, we heard that voice that said, this is my beloved son, hear him. He said, we have a more sure word of prophecy. This is more sure. The word is more sure. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Do you believe that? Mm, hallelujah. So he said, resist him now. Ephesians 1 little line. Neither give place to the devil. Well, the line before it was, be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. And then the punctuation is a colon. Neither give place to the devil. So the indication there is that by holding on to anger and holding on to ill will, I give the devil a place. Amen. When, when it says neither give place for the, to the devil, it's the word topos. It's the Greek word topos, T-O-P-O-S. It comes from our word topography. All right? And it, and, it, and, it, and it means simply don't give the devil an occasion for acting. So notice what this means. You have to give him an occasion to act. I have to allow it. I mean, it would be great if it was like a lot of people say. That there's just nothing we can do, and we're just, you know, we just do the best we can. Because it would alleviate us of responsibility. But the reality of it is, we're responsible for whether or not the devil has access to us. Amen. Do you believe that? Remember I said this morning, Brother Hagin made the statement. He said, I found over the many years of ministry that most people's problems do not stem from demons, but from having unrenewed minds. Amen. And he said, many Christians don't renew their minds to think within God's word. They believe, think, and say the wrong things, and therefore they have emotional problems, mental problems, and are constantly inviting the attacks of the enemy because they've left the door wide open to him. Constantly inviting the attack of the enemy. One of the things that Paul said, he said, if you're angry, get it right quickly. Because it leaves the door open for the devil. And, and that's why we've taught over the years in our circles about not being offended and not walking in, in unforgiveness and, and, right, and walking in love. Because those things open do the door for the devil. Amen. Did, did you see that? So when I refuse, where is the power for two things? Where's the power to be angry and sin not? And where is the power to not give place to the devil? In the verse. Amen. In the verse. So neither give place to the devil. Don't give him an occasion for acting. So that would lead us to understand that, now watch, I'm in charge. You're not going to act that way here. You're not going to act that way in my house. You're not going to act that way in my family. I'm not going to give you a chance to act that way. 
Amen. Because what? If I resist him, what does he do? Got to flee. Is that right? Well, well, I rebuke the devil off of my family, and they're not acting any different. Don't say that. If you resisted the devil, did he flee? And what did you go? You went to him on, with the word, right? Amen. I will contend with them that contend with you, and I will save your children. Is that what he said? So who's contending with them that contends with you right now? God himself. And what's going to be the end result? Your children are going to be saved. How do we know that? Because that's what the word says. And that's what you approach it with. Amen. Amen. Now my children aren't acting right, but you have the pledge of the king that your children are going to be saved. That the, you have the pledge of the king that they're going to live in the kingdom and serve the kingdom. Don't back off that. That gives the devil a road in. When you start saying, my God, they're just living like the devil. They're not living right. You just gave him an occasion for acting. Yeah, but they have a responsibility. I know they have a responsibility, but they're my children. They're my blood. Nobody has any authority to pray for them more than I do or to stand for them more than I do. Is that right? Glory to God. And he promised me, I'll save you and your children. He said the promise was to me and to my children. Is that right? Over and over again, he said that. He said, I'll bring them from afar. He said, refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes for tears. There's hope in your latter end, saith the Lord, that your children will come again from the land of the enemy. Don't give him an occasion for acting. Hallelujah. Now, I told you the story, but I'll, I'll, I'll remind you, because pastors have stories. Amen. I used to say redundancy is a beautiful thing, and my wife said it's repetition, not redundancy. So repetition is a beautiful thing. And the Lord told me about my children, specifically one. He said, here's what I want you to say. Whenever somebody mentions what they're doing wrong, I want you to say out of your mouth, they are following the plan of God for their life. Amen. And I was with some family one time. We were at a family gathering, and uh, somebody asked me, said, well, how are they doing? I said, they're following the plan of God for their life. And this is one of my older children. And they said, now, Dad, we know how you are. We know you speak the word and you're a man of faith. You're always positive about things. But really, tell us how they're doing. I couldn't resist it. I just leaned on the counter. And I went, okay. They're following the plan of God for their life. <laughs> oh, they, they just, right? I'm not going to give the devil an occasion. Listen, there are people that you're believing for. They're giving him enough of an occasion without you helping out. You might be the only person speaking words of life over them. You might be the only person that's resisting the devil for them in any fashion, in any way. Amen. You got to do it. And the power is in the verse. Quit empowering the devil. He has no authority of his own. He's got to use yours. He's got to use the authority of your words. Amen. When you talk about how tough it is and how hard it is, he goes, okay. And he comes in and starts making it harder. Because the door was open. 
Amen. No door is going to be open to the devil. And we say that out loud. I refuse to have any doors open for the devil. Oh, hallelujah. People talk about the devil and how tough, and, 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 and I hear people talk about their cities, how tough it is in their cities, because there's a strong man over the city, and the strong man's holding everything back and holding the churches back. I've had them tell me the churches can't grow in our city because the strong man over the city is stopping the churches from growing. I have two things to remind you of. Amen. You, you remember a uh, uh, pastor telling the story years ago, years ago. He was, he was praying, and the Lord had spoke to him and said, I've given the city into your hands for the preaching of the gospel. And, and, and he was praying over the city. And uh, uh, one day during intercessory prayer, uh, Terry Nance saw that spirit over the city of Little Rock and had like a noose around Little Rock. And, but he said, as the, as the church, specifically Agape, interceded, that yoke was broken, and the darkness lifted off the city. Amen. Amen. And then Miss Jeannie saw in that dream, she saw that hand come out of Little Rock and touch the world with the gospel. Amen. Now, now many of you lived that out. You, you saw, you heard that. You saw that occur. Then Dr. Summerall, he said, he said, you know, preachers were talking about the strong man in their city and the, and the demon powers in their city. And remember I told you what he said? He said, if there's a strong man, pull him down. Just go pull him down. Am I helping you? He was in the Hawaiian Islands. He went there to, to open a television station in the Hawaiian Islands in, in his hotel room. And he said, all of a sudden, he said, the hair stood up on the back of my neck. And he said... Chill bumps came all over me, and he said, I recognized all, uh, immediately the devil was in my room. And he said, the devil spoke to him and said, I don't want you in these islands. Get out of here. Dr. Summerall said, I just said, I don't care what you want. I'm here, and I'm not going anywhere. Now watch, notice, notice he felt it. The fear tried to come on him. The devil is a very fearful being. And when he comes into a situation, he brings fear. Because he's fearful. Amen. And he brings fear. But notice how Dr. Summerall answered him. I'm not going anywhere in Jesus' name. You leave. Amen. Very matter-of-factly. Very matter-of-factly. What is that? I'm not giving you any place. Amen. There are believers you know and I know that it broke out in a cold sweat, first of all, prayed in tongues for 45 minutes. Amen. Tried to do spiritual warfare. And Dr. Summerall just said, I'm not going anywhere. You go. Amen. And the Bible says we are to follow the faith of our fathers. You know, you, know what, you know why in our church, you know why we talk so much about Brother Hagin and, and about our pastor and about Lester Summerall and all these men of God? Because God gave them a message that was supposed to change the earth and it did change the earth. And now we are the generation that's been saddled with the responsibility to keep that revelation alive and to keep it going in the direction that it's supposed to go. Amen. Do, do you understand that? 
And, and that's why you can't fall for every fad that comes around. And you can't fall for these things that make spiritual warfare some kind of a, some kind of a, of a formula. Here's the formula for getting rid of the devil. In the name of Jesus, I resist you and you got to flee. Isn't that right? Amen. I was, I was praying in a prayer line one night. And uh, this was a Friday night. We had Friday night services. And some, some, uh, uh, my head usher and associate usher had been uh, at, by, at the bus stop in Kansas City. And this guy was there. And, and uh, he needed help. And they said, well, would you like to go to church? And so they brought him to church. Amen. Brought him to church with them. And so he's there Friday night, and, and when it came time for prayer, I'd given the, the call for prayer. If you needed healing in your body or salvation, come to the front. And so they brought, they, they brought him up to the front, and he came up to the front, and I was praying from, from this end over this way. And uh, uh, when I got in front of this guy, I got in front of this guy. This is the only way I know to say this. I got in front of this guy. His eyes changed, and, and they, they went from just being normal human eyes they look like a snake's eyes and I was standing there in front of him and, the, and his voice changed and he said I'm here to kill you man that you know what that did that made me mad devil kill me no amen well what happened laid hands on it rebuked that devil commanded it to come out Cast it out of him. What happened? Got free. Got saved. Got filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm not promoting me. I'm telling you, I only know one way to deal with that. I resist you and you flee. Jesus said, cast out devils. Not wrestle with them. Not argue with them. Not take a list. And say, brother, did you ever have sex outside of marriage? Did you ever smoke dope? Did you ever do this? Did, now, if any time during this process you feel like burping or belching, just go ahead. I don't see one scripture where anybody burped the devil. I don't see one scripture where anybody coughed the devil. Now, I'm not making fun of nobody. I'm just saying I don't find that in the scripture. I don't find any of the disciples following Jesus around with a bucket in case somebody puked up a devil. What are you going to do when he's in the bucket then? Pinch him? Now, I'm not saying that that's beyond the realm of possibility, but what I'm trying to explain to you is when you, when you get over here, you get outside the power of the word, and now you're over into some man-made dogma, and then you have the problem with the seven sons of Sceva. They wanted to cast out devils, and they said, we adjure you in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches, to come out of this man. And it says the devil said what? Remember, Jesus I know. Paul, I'm familiar with him, but I don't have any idea who you are. And he leapt on them and beat them up, all seven of them. And they left wounded and naked. Dear Lord, not just beat up, he took their clothes. <laughs> Amen. How did Paul deal with it? How did Paul deal with it? In the name 
That, 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 that damsel that had followed them all those days and said, these men are, are preaching the truth. They're, they're the great power of God. And it said, finally, what say? It said, Paul got grieved in his spirit. And he turned to her and said, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. I don't know how far he was from her. But he turned to her and said, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. We don't see where he laid hands on her. We don't see where he was in close enough proximity to put his hands on her head. He just said, you come out of her in the name of Jesus. And and he left. All I'm trying to explain to you, where's the power to do that? In the word. Jesus said, go into all the world. And he said, here's what I want you to do. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they'll cast out devils. Is that right? Where's the power to do that? In the word. If I, if I encounter that, in the name of Jesus, you're leaving. Hallelujah. My, my wife and I, one time, we were dealing, we, I say we were dealing with this man. I, I, we were asleep one night, about 3 o'clock, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, the phone rang. And it was this brother that, that had been coming to the church, uh, this man that had been coming to the church. And uh, I said, you know, hello. And, you know, being a pastor, you get those calls sometimes. And I said, hello. And he said, pastor. And I said, yes. He said, this is called his name. And I, and I first of all, I wanted to ask him, well, what are you doing awake at this time in the morning? But he said, uh, you know the, uh, the uh, two witnesses in the Bible, in the book of Revelation? You know, Mo- he said, you know, Moses and Elijah. And I said, well, I said, I, I don't know that the Bible's clear on who they are, but okay, what's your point? He said, uh, well, I'm Elijah. Well, now I'm awake. And I said, well, brother, I said, you got bigger problems. I said, meet us at the church tomorrow night. Amen. And, and we'll talk about this. And so we met at the church, and we were, we were in, in the room, and we were talking to him. And, and, and I'm just saying this just to tell you what happened. I mean, you know, the devil tried to manifest himself to, to freak you out, to scare you, to cause you to get back on your heels. Amen. And he started growling and he started, and I was just about to lay it on him. And from behind me, I heard my wife, you devil in the name of Jesus, you come out of him. And she laid hands on him and that guy went, ah, and the devil left. I didn't even get a chance. I was ready. I was, I was in the bullpen warming up. Here's my point. Here's my point. I grew up with people wrestling with devils. Amen. I mean, pastors coming, whoo, sweating, wore out. And then sometimes talk about how the person didn't get delivered. Amen. Remember Shambach? They brought that demon-possessed woman to, the, to Brother Allen's tent meeting. And Brother Shambach said he stood back, and he said, glory to God, you're going to get to watch the man of God cast out a devil. He said, Brother Allen looked at him and said, Robert, this one's yours. (laughs) And he said, I climbed up in the back of that ambulance, and he said, she was kicking and punching and screaming, and I didn't know what to do. And he said, all of a sudden, then my spirit came up, use the name. Use the name. And he said, I started saying, in the name of Jesus, you come out of her. And he got her delivered. 
You understand? It's not just about possession. You bring the word, and the devil's got to go. I said, you bring the word, and the devil's got to go. I have a friend from Nigeria, uh, Lawrence Banda, and he was, uh, he was uh, telling me a story one time. Lawrence and I used to meet every Monday for prayer. We would get together and pray. And uh, um, he was telling me a story about a certain situation in Nigeria. He was a school teacher, and he was taking Rama courses by correspondence, Rama Correspondence School. And so, long story short, uh, a bunch of ministers got with him one day and said, we're going to go to this man's house, and we're going to fast and pray all night till the Lord delivers him. Now, you need to fast, and you need to pray, all right? That, those are crucial spiritual disciplines. But here's what I want you to understand. And so he said, okay, I'll go with you. And so he went, and, and when they went in, the man was there, and he walked over to the man, and Lawrence, Lawrence was very calm, all right? Lawrence talks like this. When we would see each other, he would go, Hello, Phil. How are you doing? I'm, amen. I mean, conversational tone was loud for Lawrence. And he walked over to that man, and he laid hands on him, and he said, In the name of Jesus, be free. I rebuke you, devil. You leave him in the name of Jesus. And he turned around and told those other pastors, he said, He's free. And left. And they said, you mean you're not staying all night? He said, no, there's no reason. He's free. He went home. He said, I went home. I had dinner and got in bed and went to sleep. He said, the next morning I came, I came out. I was going to my job. I was crossing the street, and all those pastors were coming. And he said, they were bleary-eyed and, and wore out and wrinkled. They'd stayed up all night. And I said, well, how'd it go? And they said, well, he didn't get free. He said, yes, he did. He got free when I laid hands on him. Amen. Two, two weeks later, two weeks later, two weeks later, they came to him and said, Lawrence, it's the most amazing thing. He is absolutely free. He has no, no evidence of any bondage at all. And he said, he didn't get free today. He got free to the day I laid hands on him. You don't consult the word or, or, or your circumstance to see if you're free. Yeah, but I feel, like my, I feel like there's a bondage. But the Bible says he that the Son has made free is free indeed. Is that right? Hallelujah. So you give him what? No occasion for acting. Oh, let me hurry. Look, look, look here at uh, Ephesians, uh, uh, Hebrews 2. And you know, that's not to say that sometimes you don't need help. And I've told people over the years, the Bible talks in, in the book of Psalm chapter 23, it says, considering uh, the, the believer, you know, Psalm 23 is where we're at today. And he says, he says, uh, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. And, you know, that anointing was that, that ointment that the, that the shepherd would put on the sheep's head to keep the flies off of their head and keep them from laying eggs on their head most sheep didn't die from falling over a cliff or even from predators uh, most sheep died from from uh, fly larvae being laid on their head and then when they when they begin to mature they would burrow into that sheep's head and make he'd go crazy but the shepherd would anoint his head with oil and the flies would stay away amen there's times you need help even as a believer and that's why God gave you a good local church and gave you a pastor to help you out. 
But here's the thing, what you get rid of by the laying on of hands, then you got to get in the Word and stay free, for, free of. Amen. Because you can lay it aside. You can get help from it. But then you got to get in the Word and stay free. Just like somebody can lay hands on you through the gifts of the Spirit and you can see a miraculous healing in your body. Now you got to get in the Word and stay healed. P.C. Nelson said more people lose their healing over a counterattack than any other thing. Amen. So when you get hands laid on you and you feel a freedom, now you got to get in the Word and stay free. Amen. Notice, let, let me finish up here, or try to. Hebrews 2 and 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, meaning Jesus, also himself took part of the same, took part of flesh and blood, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of, devil, of, of death. That is the devil. Destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, all right? Destroy. The basic Greek rendering is to render inoperative. To render inoperative. Now, if you looked at a, a piece of machinery or something that you have and you made the statement to someone, that thing has been destroyed. It means it's not operable. Now, this doesn't mean, obviously, that the devil doesn't exist or that he doesn't attempt to do things. Here's what it means, basically, is that his ability to overcome you has been rendered inoperative. It cannot happen. Where's the power to see this occur in the Word? Nope, you've been rendered inoperative in my life. You can't, you can't do that in my life. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't that good? Now, one last verse. 1 John 5. 1 John 5. And verse 18. We know that whosoever is born of God does not sin. But he that is begotten of God keeps himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. Whew. So he says, born of God sinneth not. That's in the continuous sense. So the person that's born of God cannot just continue sinning. At, at some point, you'll stop. Is that right? Doesn't just continue to sin, but he that is begotten of God. Now see, when you read these verses, what should come to your mind is, number one, I am born of God. Number two, I'm begotten of God. Right? And notice it says, he that is begotten of God keeps himself. So I have a responsibility to keep myself. Remember what he said? Be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. So we could say, keep yourself, and that wicked one can't touch you. Is that, would that be right? Where's the power to do that? In the verse. In the verse. I've, I've done that for people. I, I had a, a, an individual one time that needed a miracle in their life. And I went to the Lord. I went to the Lord. And I said, Lord, they live right. I know them. They're holy. They live a holy life. Amen. I said, Lord, they tithe. They're, they're helpful in the church. Amen. I need them. I need them. That's what, you know, remember that's what Brother Hagin did. His Sunday school superintendent was about dead. 
And he went to the Lord. He said, Lord, he's the best Sunday school superintendent I've ever had. He said, he visits people. He visits their houses. He, right? I need him. I need him. I'm not going to let him go. Amen. And the Lord healed him. You keep yourself, and the wicked one can't touch you. You keep yourself in your mind. You keep yourself in your, in your talk. You keep yourself in your actions. You don't let your good be spoken evil of. Is that right? And what happens? You keep yourself, and the wicked one can't touch you. Now, here's the thing. If you don't mind the devil messing things up, then just don't pay any attention to what I'm saying. But if you want to walk in complete victory, this is the answer. I I remember some years ago, I heard so many people talking about the devil this and the devil that. And I thought, Lord, Lord Jesus, if you gave us the authority that you say you gave us, then, then, then there ought to be a little less talking about what the devil's doing and a little bit more talking about what we're doing. Amen. The wicked one toucheth him not. So what does that mean? The devil can't make you do anything. Everything that you may deal with is an outside pressure. And you can feel the pressure that the enemy's trying to put on you, but that's no evidence that he's winning. Remember Brother Hagin was praying that night and all those alarming heart symptoms had come on him and he was up and he was, he was walking the floor praying, believing God. And the enemy began to talk to him and said, you're afraid. He said, I'm not afraid. No, I'm not. God's not giving me the spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. And he said, that, remember, he said, the devil said, well, you are too afraid. Look at your hands. They're shaking. And he said, sure enough, I looked down. My hands were shaking. And he said, you know what I did? He said, I said, oh, devil. He said, that's, not, that's no indication of anything. He said, I'm not afraid. He said, that's my body. I'm not a body. I'm a spirit. <laughs> Amen. That has no, that's no indication of what's going on. You can feel the pressure. You can feel that you can feel, amen. You, you can feel the, 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 the fiery darts hitting the shield of faith that you're holding up, but they're stopping every fiery dart. The pressure is not an indication that you're weakening and that you're going under. It's just evidence that you have an adversary called the devil who's fleeing because you're resisting him. If you study the word, and I'm, I'm trying to hurry here. If you study the word, you find out the enemy always tries to show out just before he's got to go. Remember Jesus? How long ago has this come on him? Since he was a child, right? And, 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 and then when they were bringing him to Jesus, the devil threw him down on the ground and he wallowed foaming. And Jesus saw the people coming. And he, he went to the boy and cast the devil out. And remember what it says? And when the spirit had tear him, and they thought he was dead, what Jesus say? He's alive. He's alive. What was the devil trying to do? Show out. Make a big thing. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm here to tell you something. He's all smoke and mirrors. He's noise. He's loud noise. He's a big bang. He has nothing to back it up. Nothing to back it up. 
All power, all authority has been given to you. Amen. Amen.